Welcome to the PNW Property Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Stella. And we're both real estate brokers here to cover various topics and questions that you may have about real estate. All right, um, let's go ahead and get started for today's episode. Um, Stella, what are we going to talk about today? We are talking about how to win an offer right now in Seattle awesome. in, in the winter. Cool. So we'll jump into that in a second. First, um, you know, what you've all been waiting for, we'll give you guys our rose and our thorn. Um, it's been a little while since we published an episode, so we've probably got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Stella, you can go first. Sure. Um, so we took a break. I think our last podcast might have been like November or December. And since then, my rose, um, I've been snowboarding a lot, so I have 14 days under my belt. Um, not as much as I want because the snow hasn't been too great. Um, but yeah, it's been a pretty good season so far. And then my thorn is, so I've been trying to get my tenant in one of my condos to buy the condo. And I've asked her like twice and one, one time she was like late on her, um, payment. So, you know, instead of me being like, I'm going to find you, I just like sent her this kind of longish text saying, Hey, so what do you think about buying this condo? And she just, like, kind of didn't really get back to me. And then I asked her, like, one more time. And she was, like, extremely not interested. So, anyway, so, like, that's kind of my thorn because I've been really trying to do a, like, off-market deal. Um, so she doesn't use an agent and I don't, I don't have to pay that fee, that commission fee. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it did not work out. So that's my thorn. Nice. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, so you're just going to list that then after? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just list on the MLS, like, yeah. everything else, yeah. 14 days it seems like a lot to me, even if it's... Not that many. How do you fit it all in? Do you just go, like, do you take weekdays to go? Um, I think in December, I did take a lot of days off to go up. Um, that's been a majority of my days. But then now I have a new job, so i just been going on the weekends because my boss doesn't know about my hobby yet. But yeah. eventually I'll have to tell him. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I've been waiting for, like, the next big snowstorm mm-hmm. to take some time off and go up and ski. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right, your turn. Yeah. Um, my rose for this week, um, and it's kind of will lead into another episode that we're going to do, but uh, I had a condo listing over here in West Seattle, and we just listed it and got it under contract in three days. So pretty excited about that, and it seems like it's going to be smooth sailing off to closing too. So nice. that's great. Um, my thorn for this week I have another client who is in contract to buy a condo in Capitol Hill. And uh, as part of our purchase agreement, the sellers agreed to do a couple of repairs um, per, you know, some some minor issues that came up in the inspection report. And we just went there uh, a couple days ago for the final walkthrough. And they still hadn't fixed, like, the bathtub that doesn't drain. So we like turn the water on and you no. only have to turn it on for like 20 seconds and the water is just no. like not draining at all. Oh. Um, which sucks because like they've been promising me that, you know, it's already fixed. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we don't have to delay closing and that we can get it resolved before the end of this coming week. Can you um, go in there with a the plunger and see if that works? <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to be the one to personally have to fix it. Um, you know, I'm hoping it's not like a larger plumbing issue or something that is like a building wide issue. Yeah. But I definitely want to get it resolved for my clients before oh, for sure. they, you know, finalize everything. Yeah. Oh, good luck with that one. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Um, we can go ahead and jump into the episode then. Sure. So, Josh, what do I need to win an offer these days? What's going on in the market? Yeah, so this is a conversation I have with a lot of, you know, anybody that I'm starting to work with that's a buyer, uh, especially if they're a first-time buyer. 
because um, the market's changed a lot even since like five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I, was, I was showing a house to my friend yesterday actually, and her mom was there, and I can't remember the last time they had bought a home. I mean, it's I think it's been like five plus years. Right. But her mom was like, you know, this is how it was when we bought our home. You know, we, you know, they really want to do an inspection. Um, you know, very cautious and like the market just has shifted a lot in, in favor of sellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like sellers have basically all the power, especially for a single family house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so buyers really just have to kind of throw caution to the wind, yeah. wave all their contingencies and such. But yeah. we can kind of go into detail, like the components of an offer and, and we'll just use like an example, hypothetical example of like a single family house built in 1980 and renovated five years ago mm-hmm. um, with a yard and a garage. And this can be anywhere in the Seattle area or okay. the east side for that matter. Um, or Tacoma. Really. Sure. What do you, so an average house like that, how much would the agent list it for? So they would, I mean, depends how many square feet it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're looking at like a three bed, two bath, um, 1800 square feet in Seattle, it's probably going to be listed above a million dollars. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you know, you that might was not be, what I was expecting. You, you might be looking at like 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2. Okay. So if I put in 1.250, would that win the offer? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Probably not. Darn. So first of all, like you're going to have to... Like, Let's talk about inspections really quick. Some people will do a pre-inspection. Um, so you can like have an inspector go out there before the offer review date, do an inspection. And really, like you're not gonna it's not gonna enable you to negotiate anything. Mm-hmm. Like it it might in a more even market. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna tell you whether or not you wanna proceed with the offer. So like if there's too many issues and you're like, no, I I don't actually want this home. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, five years ago, if you do an inspection, you would be able to go back to the sellers and be like, hey, can you fix the roof and the dishwasher before we close? And, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of have a conversation yeah. around that. But since you might be competing with 20 other people, uh-huh. you're not going to have that opportunity. So no inspection. You're definitely going to have to waive inspection to wow. have any remote possibility. So that broken dishwasher will be mine. Yeah, exactly. Darn yeah, and you won't right. know about it ahead of time either. So. <laughs> so I'll move in and run it, and it'll just flood my entire place. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. So... That's criteria number one. Um, even financing. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're getting a loan, usually you would use a financing contingency. Um, but, and that protects you. So, like, you know, you do an earnest money deposit at the beginning of your transaction, which is liquidated damages, you know, if you default on a contract. Um, so, your financing con- contingency is there in case your loan officer can't complete your loan for some reason. Uh-huh. Like, one good example would be you lose your job, um, yeah. and then you're obviously not going to be able to qualify for your loan anymore since you don't have any income. Uh-huh. Um, if you have a financing contingency, that's a valid reason to break the contract, uh-huh. and you get your earnest money back. If you don't have one, then you lose your earnest money, which for a house like that, you're going to be, you know, anywhere $10,000 would be the low end, you know, a lot of the winning offers, they have a 50000 50000 100000 Oh, wow. Money. People just have that much cash just lying around these days? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where are they going for that? Yeah, it seems like it. Um, Holy cow. A surprising number of people. So, 
in order to compete, um, a lot of people will waive their financing contingency, mm. um, which just puts them at more risk, right? Yeah. Um, and even, so that, that's kind of the main contingencies that you can waive. There's not much else that you would need to waive. But even if you do that, you're still going to be at a disadvantage compared to like a cash buyer. Okay. For a couple reasons. One, they can close a lot faster. Usually how long does that take? Yeah. So with a financed offer, it takes about 30 days. A cash offer, they can close as soon as they can move the funds. So, you know, five days. Oh, wow. So that's really appealing to the seller. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. If they want a quick sale, which most people do, Mm -hmm. um, then that's just quicker. Mm. And even if you waive your financing contingency and you have a loan, there's still some risk in it for the sellers. Like, they might collect your earnest money if you default on the contract, mm-hmm. but it's you know they might have to put their house back on the market, which mm-hmm. they might, unless you're putting like a hundred thousand dollars earnest money. Right. They're probably gonna prefer a cash offer, all things else equal. Right. That makes sense. You know. Um. And yeah. Then the other piece of it is what offer price do you have to put uh-huh um i think the first step on with that regard is i would say like always talk to your agent and have them run comparable sales and get like a good you know you want to be informed about what else is selling and for what price in the neighborhood yeah but a lot of these listings they list low intentionally because uh-huh. they know that they're going to get 20 30 offers uh-huh. if they do that and everybody's going to you know submit their highest and best offer uh-huh so, I mean, I've seen many houses go 200, 300, sometimes four or 500,000 over asking. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Especially because in the past, we're just talking about this, but in the winter, it's like typically kind of slow. But you're saying it's February right now when we're recording. You're saying that's not the case. Yeah, it's not the case. I think it's kind of a misperception that things slow down in the winter. Well, it's true and it isn't. Um, what is true is that there are fewer listings in the winter. Like, just less people list their houses. Uh-huh. Probably because they think it's slower. Yeah. But that creates, you know, it's supply and demand. There's less supply. Yeah. There's still a lot of demand. Like, people don't really care what time of year they buy their house. They just care what time they sell it. That's crazy. Yeah, so there's just as many buyers and there's fewer listings, um, which makes it just as competitive to buy a house it's a this doggy time It's a doggy-dog world out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Wow. So you're probably going to want to use either, you either just go in and submit your highest offer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's listed at 1.2 and you're just like, you know, I'll pay 1.4. Um, usually the smarter thing to do is to use an escalation clause. Right. So you say, you know, this clause you can add into your contract and you say, I'm willing to pay X amount more than the next highest offer up to a maximum of X. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's 1.2, you could say, I'll pay 20000 more than the next highest offer up to a max of 1.6. Mm-hmm. And so that puts you in the running up until that max amount. Um, but you're also going to be competing with other people doing the same thing. Gotcha. So, you know, that's that's your bidding war situation is when there's multiple offers with escalation clauses. And then it just goes like, you know, if one person's max is out at 1.4. Then you know if you said you would pay twenty thousand more than that, you're gonna pay one point four two million for that property. Um, what that's wild. Yeah, <laughs> holy, yeah. that must be so stressful for so many families that are looking for a home right now. Like yeah, definitely, right? and it's really hard because a lot of times you are competing with 20, 30 people. Um, so like 
do the math, like the odds are pretty low. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a really strong offer, like there's other, everyone else knows what the market is like too. Mm-hmm. Most of them at least. Um, so like the odds are just low that you're going to get the property and people can end up looking for a long time, like a year or two. Yeah. So I guess I'm just like guessing, but like one of the reasons that's happening is because like there's a huge influx of people like moving to this area. Right. But like, I guess my question is like, what's the government doing to like, you know, build more houses and, and give people that, um, you know, the code, the residential code to build houses. Is that like not going as fast as the influx in population? I mean, that's just kind of what I'm wondering. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, it's, it's pretty surprising actually. It's kind of difficult to build in Seattle. Um, Even getting the permits can take a year and a half, two years Mm. before you can even start building anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, It's a slow process and there's extra fees for building in Seattle too. So they make it difficult for developers to make it pencil out. Um, That's too bad. Yeah. So, I mean, that those are things that are contributing to Mm -hmm. high housing costs. Um, even though it seems like there's construction everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, it could be, it could be more. Okay. So say what your hypothetical situation is in the Seattle area. So what if I was like, okay, fine. It's too much. It's out of my budget. Where else can I look? So, you know, the market's not too crazy. Do you have any recommendations of what cities I should be looking into? Uh, you could move to like Nebraska or something. <laughs> oh, you kicked me out of state. Okay. <laughs> what if I still want to live in Washington? Like, is there a specific area? Maybe, I mean, I'm open to moving anywhere in Washington. Yeah, I think, you know, further outside of the city, if you're an hour, an hour and a half away from the city, mm-hmm. it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be like a similar scenario, oh, wow. just less extreme. You know, yeah. it might be 50, 100,000 over asking, uh-huh. but, uh, and there might be five or 10 competing offers yeah. instead of 20, 30. Um, so like it, it's more doable the further out you get. Okay. Really. You can just like draw a radius around the city. And, yeah. I know. Or there's places like Bremerton. Um, right. You know, if you were willing to go across the water or something like that. Um, but it is still competitive in most places. Wow. Yeah. I know some people who are moving to Tacoma for that reason. They're yep. saying it's like the hi- the houses are like lower priced, but there's still a crazy like amount of buyers. Yeah, exactly. It's like the same situation, just like, you know, half the price almost. Right. So, you know, if your budget's a little lower, you know, that's a good place to look. Mm-hmm. Still expect the same competition, like needing the same elements to have a successful offer. Um, the last piece of the offer I wanted to talk about is, um, something that's called, uh, it's a little bit tricky to explain, but we'll try. Um, it's a increased down payment for low appraisal. Okay. So if you are financing your offer or your, you know, your purchase, part of that process is the bank that's making your loan is going to send out an appraiser to basically state that the property you're buying is worth as much as they're paying for it. Mm-hmm. So if you said, told the seller you, you'll pay $1.4 million and the bank goes out there and sees, you know, to them it looks like this house should only be worth $1.2, mm-hmm. they're not going to give you that, that loan because they think you're overpaying, mm-hmm. which makes sense. You know, they want to protect it. It's their investment at that point. Right. Um, so if... If that's the case and the appraiser goes out and it's a low appraisal, then you that puts the buyer and the seller in a situation where they have to renegotiate or cancel the deal. So basically, um, yeah, like the, the buyer and seller, you know, the seller can agree to reduce their purchase price or they can cancel the deal and put the, um, put the listing back on the market. 
which obviously they, they don't want to do either of those things. Um, so as a buyer, when you're writing your contract, you can include a contingency um, for that situation and basically state, if that happens, I'm willing to increase my down payment um, to cover that discrepancy in costs. Mm -hmm. So the bank will still allow you to make the loan if you know you can pay another 200000 out of pocket in addition to your down payment. Wow. Sell your kids, sell your pets. You have to do what you can, right? Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, that's a smart thing to include if you want to be competitive. Unfortunately, even if you do that, a cash buyer is still going to be preferred. Mm -hmm. So that's, that happens in a lot of situations. Like you write a really strong offer, waive all the contingencies, you know, you have this increased down payment for low appraisal, super high escalation, but, you know, you're competing with a cash offer that's willing to go to the same amount. Let's talk about these mysterious cash offers. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> Who mean, are these people? <laughs> that's a good question. That's I mean, good. from your experience, do you see a lot of cash buyers right now? Um, I know there are a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I work with one. Sometimes they've built up a lot of equity, um, you know, over the years with other real estate purchases mm-hmm. and sales. Um, other times... They're an Amazon employee that has a bunch of stock vesting and they, you know, started 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so they've got a lot of cash to spend. Um, uh, yeah. Other times it's family money. You know, there's a lot of situations, yeah. um, but that's the reality. And so a big thing that, that I do with buyers also is like just expectation setting. Mm-hmm. So when we're getting started, like, you know, you're probably not going to get the first house that you make an offer on. Like this process could take a while. Yeah. Um, so I think those are all good things to know, like going into things. That's all really good information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to touch on? No, I think that's, that's a good one. Cool. Yep. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. As always, our contact information is in the bio. Please feel free to reach out. Um, you like. Okay.